0: And I was like, Saturday afternoon, I was like, God, please, please, may we not have to cancel our service. Like, you know, we've done so much in advertising and announcing this day.
1: Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. Welcome to Rugged Theology. I am your host, Adam Diamond, and we're back to talking to another church planter across Canada. Only this one's not too far away. Um, if you include Newfoundland, he's in Atlantic Canada. Uh, if you include, you know, just them they're in the Maritimes, but, you know, we'll work that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, today I have with me a good friend, uh, Andy Arden. Hey, buddy. How's it going, man? Good, good, good. So, listen, I, I, I do have a question for you though. Before we get into this, um, yeah, why don't I, why don't I pronounce that last R in your name?
0: Uh you don't pronounce that last R in my name because it's a weird British thing. Like it is spelt like it looked like it should be Ardern, A R D E R N. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't quite sure about that. You know, a few years ago, because I think the former prime minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, did pronounce it that way. But I talked to some of our friends uh, over in the UK, like even uh, Shaba from 20 Schemes. And I was like, how do you pronounce my last name? And just like held up my name tag. And she's like, oh, that's Arden. So it's a British uh, thing, uh, just like with uh, Warwick, like we would say Warwick and pronounce that second W. They say Warwick
1: mm. and, and
0: drop it. So it's, it's a dropped R uh, in the British pronunciation.
1: Cool. I'll take that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, my dad
0: is like, uh, like direct, like from England. Like, uh, he just died last month, but he came over, uh, from England and, uh, lived like 50 years in Canada, but he always kept that British pronunciation that he, that he grew up with.
1: Yes. Bye. You see, like I can remember the first time, um, I got introduced to you and it was like, I had to do this TGC social media post, and yeah. Steve just said your name is Andy Arden. So I just spelled it Arden. And I can remember someone commented on it. I was like, oh, we're spelling your name like phonetically now or whatever. And I was like, what did I mess up? And Steve's like, there's another R. I was like, how am I supposed to know that? Yeah, I yeah. Like, I don't oh, know. Man. I'm,
0: I'm so used to it. I barely even notice it. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's kind of haunted me ever since. I was like, "What? What? What? what's the deal with that?
0: Yeah, well, I'd forgotten about that, man. So don't even worry about it. <laughs>
1: I mean, we've got our own pronunciations, our weirdest stuff here. So, oh, for sure. (laughs) Gee, thanks, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you said it. (laughs) All right, uh, Andy. So, why don't you uh, just start off by introducing yourself, telling uh, you know our listeners who you are, what you're doing. You know, like, uh, are you married? Have kids? All that good stuff.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, I am born and raised a blue noser i grew up here in nova scotia uh born in truro but grew up in tanamagush uh lived in a lighthouse so you can't really get any more uh atlantic canada maritimer than that Did although you it was really? never uh, yeah I was never an operating lighthouse though somebody just built like a replica lighthouse uh and that was the house i grew up in so
1: so has anyone ever uh, made the joke sorry i'm just really intrigued by this right now <laughs> Yeah. Has anyone have made the joke like when you can't think of something? Like, oh, yeah, he grew up in the lighthouse where there's no light. There's no light on.
0: Uh, no, I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: All right. Yeah. All right. Continue. Yeah, <laughs> but
0: there, there you go. So, yeah, I uh, grew up there. I grew up in town, Uh God saved me when I was eight years old. Uh, and very thankful for that. I mean, he changed my life. That changed my life. Uh, he's been so good uh, to me ever since. Uh, went to New Brunswick Bible Institute and met my wife there uh, when we were taking our degrees. Uh, Kayla, we got married. Uh, we've had four kids since then uh, and also uh, have been serving in pastoral ministry here in Atlanta, Canada, was a pastor in New Brunswick for seven and a half years, uh, but now church planting uh, in a part of Halifax called Spryfield is where I'm at.
1: Right on. Um, how many kids do you have? How old are they?
0: Uh four kids uh they are ages 10 8 5 and
1: 2 that's
0: a very uh, so busy got, time of life
1: beach plant church planting man
0: yeah it is so are you yeah. crazy i must be yeah that's why I, <laughs> Well, uh, one of my like favorite quotes about church planting and i forget where i heard it but i definitely heard it as i was like taking lots of training and you know we did some of that training together um but i heard one like church planting gr- guru said like Every church planter has to be a little bit crazy, like to get into it. So, yeah,
1: there a little bit insane. There yeah. you go. I mean, it's crazy enough for me. I've got a seven year old and a three year old. I can't imagine adding two more to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah.
1: Props to you, man. I'll be praying for you more.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Need it. Very much. Do. My family needs it. So. All right. So,
1: you said you were yeah. passing for seven years beforehand. um So, I mean, this is a little off the cuff. I mean, it kind of goes into the next question, but. Yeah. Walk us through your journey leading up to Wayfarers. But first, like, what made you look into church planting?
0: Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting story because when I was at MBBI, New Brunswick Bible Institute, where I met Kayla and got my undergrad, uh, two things happened at once. Like, I began to hear about church planting Uh, And that was like through some of the the sermons and the podcasts that I was listening to. I really felt my heart stirred towards that and to urban ministry. Uh, And then also Kayla and I were – Kayla had done it one year before. So this was her second trip, my first trip. We were invited to uh, Pax North Church in Halifax where Brad Summers is. And um, I'll get into this later, but that's actually – uh, the church that sent us uh, to plant Wayfarer's church in Spryfield here now uh, this last year. Uh, but this was like 2010. Uh, so, you know, 13 years ago, uh, Kayla and I went on this mission trip for one week and we came to Halifax. We were talking uh, to Brad about like urban church planning. I remember like picking his brain all about it while we were riding on the bus. Now uh, we were like doing street level ministry for the week. And just, I really felt God was going to call me into church planting Uh, The last year of Bible school, I did an internship at an urban church because I thought it would be at urban ministry. I did like a project on church planning because I desired that, wanted that, felt that was the call of where God was going to lead me. And then after that graduation uh, for my fourth year, I knew a church um, in Cumberland Bay, New Brunswick, uh, which was really close to a Bible camp that I volunteered at every summer growing up. Uh, just up the road. So I knew the church. I would attend there in the summers, and they were looking for a pastor and uh, felt God stirring my heart towards that. So I applied, was accepted, uh, and was there for seven and a half years in a church in the middle of the woods, New Brunswick, 175 years old, like older than Canada. Uh, so the exact opposite of urban church planning. And I was talking about this with somebody this week like, you know, those first years of ministry, you learn how to do ministry. And you also learn how not to do ministry, like you make mistakes, uh, you just learn from experience. So mm-hmm. uh, God was really gracious and kind of that congregation for hiring me at such uh, a young age. Um, if I had a planted a church at that young age, when I started, uh, I would have just killed it. Um, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have had the endurance for it. Uh, it wouldn't have lasted. Uh, so look, hindsight, God was really kind in like delaying that. Uh, but after that ministry ended, Uh, then Brad, uh, at PAX North called me up. He's like, Hey, we're actually doing a church planning residency. We're ready to like hire somebody with the aim to plant a church. Are you interested? And I said, yes. Uh, so we were hired on February, 2020, uh, yeah, 2020. And the first members meeting, uh, that we were at where Kayla and I got up and introduced ourselves, Uh, was like the first or second week of March, 2020. We had just heard about like some COVID lockdowns happening in like in places in the States. Uh, Had the members meeting and we're like, hey, it was actually 10 years ago this week that we were here on a missions trip. And now we're here on staff uh, and we're so excited about that. Uh, And then I think it was even like before that, like that next Sunday, we weren't gathering because of lockdown. (laughs) Uh, so, So God had locked us down And he actually locked our family down in the community of Spryfield. We were renting here. It was a community that PAX North was looking at planting in, but they weren't quite sure if it was going to be here or maybe a couple other different communities in uh, Nova Scotia. So we were here. Uh, We began praying, discerning, uh, learning more, uh, having PAX North affirm our call. Uh, So we did the two-year residency, uh, gathered a core team from PAX North, uh, set down our roots, and then we just like launched uh, this last September. So that's kind of like the flyby um, of like the call like 10 years ago mm-hmm. to like now just launching the church two months ago uh, or three months ago now. Um, that's the flyby. So I don't know if you want to like press into any of that, but that's uh, the journey leading up till now quickly in a in a flyby.
1: So I'm curious, like what kind of ups and downs did you have Going up to that, maybe even going up to launch, like something recent, because we know all we all know how the you know the enemy works. <laughs> Whenever like if you got to preach or if you're going to launch a church, he's just like working overtime, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, what what are some of the ups and downs that you experience leading up to launching Wayfarers Church?
0: Yeah, yeah. So you're asking like in the last couple of years, uh, as we were getting started, had the plans, mm-hmm. uh, and yet uh, not quite there at launch yet. Yeah. Um, ah, man, there were several, uh, like ups and downs. Uh, the generosity of PAX North, uh, has been so huge. Like if there's anybody out listening to this podcast, who's, um, in the shoes of being ascending church and launching a new work, uh, just the support they gave us was so huge. So it's good for you to hear, like support your church plants well. Uh, like the elders at PAX North told me you can invite anyone uh, from PAX North to like go plant with you, like open-handed. So we invited actually um, four families and two singles uh, to come with us. And I mean, one of those families have been with PAX North for like probably over 10 years. Like it was a big sacrifice for the elders and for PAX North. Um, I invited the current music guy who was, at PAX North uh, at the time and uh, you know, they were just generous and that was all on top of like the training and the finances uh, that they supported us with. Uh, And that was a huge blessing. And we've seen like, yeah, that was a sacrifice for PAX, but God has filled in those gaps uh, and he still is. Um, You know, we've been launched for three months, but I was just at PAX North this last Sunday. Uh, They meet at a different time than we do on Sundays uh, so occasionally I can get to a service. And so I was there and I was looking around. And I was like, wow, like 25% of the people, I guess, I don't know. And I've only been like gone for like three months. Like God is like bringing new people into PAX North after they just sent people out. So God's been faithful to them. They have a new guy doing music. Uh, and yeah, it's 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 great. So that's been a huge up for us. Um, I think like a down was COVID and COVID slowing us down, but I mean, that one's been beaten to death, so we don't need to just talk about that. Um, we did lose one of our launch team families uh, during the whole process. And actually, um, like, it was a down and an up for us. Uh, they called me up one day, and they're like, hey, Andy, like, we got to talk. Um, we think we might be out of helping you plant the church. So I, I met with them, and they're like, all right, so our biggest reason, like, you've been – teaching us so much about like incarnational ministry, like being present with your neighbors, rubbing shoulders with them, inviting them to the church and a new church is opening up literally on our street now. Uh, Cause they live like a few neighborhoods over from Spryfield uh, over in uh, Timberley. So they're like, this church is on our street. Like we can just walk there mm. uh, with our neighbors. It makes sense for us. So, I couldn't really argue with that because that's what I had been teaching like living in your community and getting to know your neighbors and inviting them to church. So we actually like laid hands on them and sent them, uh, from our launch team. So that turned out to be very, uh, positive, but they, they've been out to wayfarers and visited us they're still really good friends. Uh, so we love them. Um, yeah, uh, really, um, probably like, like, uh, I, so, little behind the scenes, you sent me some questions uh, beforehand and I think I might like have some more ups and downs to come to you like in your last uh, question that, that I'll, that I'll share uh, that I don't quite want to spoil right yet. So just <laughs> of, like a lot of the ups has been seeing like God really um, be ahead of us mm-hmm. uh, last minute and like just a step ahead of us, like in unexpected ways. It, yeah. In summary, I've seen like the church planning journey is one of like faith of like if you step out in obedience, um, even if you're not sure you have the resources, like God often shows up in unexpected ways.
1: Yeah, that's that's really good to hear, man. Especially from yeah. you know different types of church planting and models, and you know how, you know. Um, Packs North that you just, you know, take a slice of the pie, you know, whereas we start much for better or for worse, we start from the ground up. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's harder, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's benefits to both models and uh, it's just really great to see another church planted in Atlantic Canada. Um, Yeah. What was it like for you? What kind of emotions did you have? And this is just for me to hear as well, leading Mm -hmm. up to launching, you know, Wayfarers church. Like I'm only just looking at doing services next year and that's only going to be on a monthly basis. So I'm still a a ways away from officially launching, but yeah, you know, from another church planter and church planter to church planter, what kind of emotions did you feel leading up to that moment?
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question to ask me and like how you worded it. Um, because I tend to, to feel the emotions of something close to when they're happening and like not far away. Um, So I wasn't really like emotionally like focused on like our opening Sunday, like a grand opening until like that weekend. And then like my emotions were, were wild. Uh, But there, there was looking back at it, like so much uh, rejoicing um, you know, I know like even in the journey you're on, like we've had a different journey uh, for sure. You've had some lows that I have not like deep lows that I had <laughs> not not had to face. Um, so I think like there's an aspect of lament uh, and sorrow you faced uh, that God did not send my way. Um, not to say that there wasn't any, but, you know, um, I, I can hear that and feel that. So, yeah, I had a lot of excitement, um, a lot of enthusiasm, uh, a lot of rejoicing in small things like meeting people and inviting them. What we did is we did everything for the year leading up to it that was going on in the community, uh, we tried to be a part of. Uh, So the Christmas parade, um, like we just did a big Christmas parade outreach uh, like two or three weeks ago, uh, we did like free hot chocolate. We handed out like four or 500 cups of hot chocolate. Uh, it was just like a blessing to our community that day, uh, the year before. Oh, and, and actually this year too. Um, uh, but both years we helped with the parking of the floats at the end of the parade route. Uh, so we, you know, we're trying to be present, uh, for Spryfield days. Uh, we were there for that summer festival. We did like free cotton candy and face painting, Uh, We tried not to do our own unique things, but like tried to like tag into the community. And that led to like lots of rubbing shoulders and lots of conversation uh, that I got excited about. And I'm beginning to see some of that paying off even now than when we launched. Uh, So like last week, uh, yeah, it was last week. It was a week ago today. I got an email from our city councillor and she emailed me. She's like, hey, there's a citizen in our in Spryfield, who needs uh, like a piece of furniture moved out of her apartment? Uh, the government doesn't do that, which is you know surprising because sometimes it seems like well, what doesn't the government do? Right. Uh, but yeah, she she's like yeah, government doesn't move people's furniture. I thought of you guys because I've seen you around and talk to people at your church. Is there anyone who could, who could help out? So we were able to like call up this lady, move her furniture out because she was uh, disabled. Um, and it was just like uh, a chair and a, a footstool. It wasn't a big Uh, lift at all but she just needed the help and then was able to like circle back to our city councilor like yeah we took care of this Uh, keep us in the loop and so just now to see like the city knows about us recognized us that we were part of the community and reached out to us when there was a need to me like that is like a huge rhythm for a church to have in Atlanta Canada right now Um, I think that kind of connection even if it's small is uncommon and something I'm really hoping like God fans into flame for more, more, more of it. Uh, we're a small church right now. Uh, we just had 39 out, uh, at our last service this last Sunday, which is like the largest Sunday we've had, uh, since grand opening. Uh, so that includes the kids. So, you know, we can't do a ton of stuff, but you know, if we can help take someone's chair out of their apartment to, you know, do good works, uh, so we can proclaim the gospel in that atmosphere. Uh, we're excited about it and we're glad people are recognizing us from the community and inviting us into that. So, yeah.
1: That's that's really awesome, man, that you've got these inroads and it's so cool to see God work that way. Oh yeah. You know, when things like that happen and there's no way that you could have done it Mm -hmm. and you're just like, thank you God. Like, you, you know, it's, it's those relationships that you want and you don't want to have a negative view of your church. Yeah. You want to be a part, like your, your community should miss your church if it shuts down. And it seems like you're kind of on that path. So, you know, good on you. I know it's not in you, it's God working through you, but you know, good on you. Keep up that work, bro.
0: Yeah.
1: But Thanks, uh, yeah. yeah. So what do you, what do you see coming next for Wayfarers? So I mean, you've launched, um, you've been building these communities, these relationships What's what's next coming down the pike for you guys?
0: Mm. Yeah, so um, I was talking to another one of our brother friends today, uh, Jeremy Dagger, uh, pastor of Port City Church. And he was sharing with me, like, he's really excited uh, for this season. Uh, and, you know, this was good for me to hear. Uh, and I actually, like, it to incorporate your last question about the emotions, I would say my, my emotions, I've been more aware of them actually after launch than before launch. Um, So I should share this and this is kind of like a a layered answer, but since launch, I felt unsettled uh, like in my soul and spirit. And I think that's maybe more personal um, than like church. Uh, Like I I mentioned uh, earlier, my father passed away this fall. Uh, So we were working through that. Uh, We're doing like a home renovation, we did launch the church too. So everything we're doing at the church is like new and the first time. Uh, so it's all like from scratch. Uh, so I was talking to Jeremy. He's like, yeah, I can really relate to that. Like, you know, like there was so much newness in the first year, but now he's in like a season of like, they're doing their second, like their second Christmas and, you know, preparing for their their second round of things at the church. So we're very much still in like the first rounds. Um, and a couple of Sundays, like, you know, we're doing our first, uh, you know, welcome to Wayfarers class, like our First Steps class. We'll do our first membership class here uh, in January through to February. We'll have our first members meetings coming up in 2024. Uh, it's a lot of firsts uh, for us that God's calling us to uh, and working out. You know, we're in our first season of the small groups right now, uh, getting all those systems in place. Uh, and we, we get, said, you know, we give ourselves the permission to fail. We give ourselves the permission to make mistakes because it's the first time. There's probably going to be stuff we want to change. There's probably going to be stuff that doesn't work well. And by God's grace, some of it will. So we're in a season of first. uh, And yet, very aware. Uh, It's also really interesting. I've already seen it's gotten easy, even three months in, to do the church thing and the church program and Sunday be the focus uh, rather than living uh, with like gospel intentionality in our community. Uh, like, we are the church, we are to mature one another, we're to disciple one another, we live as the church, you know, but we live on the church together, uh, as missionaries. And there can all I've already seen, like, in my own heart, in the heart of our people, like, there can be drift into, like, being comfortable. Uh, So still gotta, like, continue to beat the rhythm of, like, you know, who you're praying for, uh, who's far from Jesus right now? Who are you talking to, who's not yet a Christian, uh, that you're, sharing mm-hmm. Jesus with that you're inviting out to like whatever the next best thing is. Uh, so, you know, sometimes Sunday service is the next best thing. Uh, tomorrow night, several of us are going to a play, a uh, local play, like theater play here in the community that one of the ladies from our church is in. And we said like, yeah, invite people out to that. If you have a friend who likes the theater, invite someone who's not a Christian. Cause we want to uh, overlap those circles. We want to share Jesus with people uh, so we really need to keep doing that uh, as a church and not get comfortable uh, in just our own little club. Um, you know, you, you can complain, make fun of, notice like churches who do that, but that started somewhere and I can already feel like if we're not careful, that'll start with us here soon.
1: Yeah, you brought out something great there and maybe I'll get a few church planters and even yourself back and talk about how do we, you know, not get into the habits or the mundane of church life and i actually live it out you know it's so easy for us to go to church and check off that box go to small group check off that box you know what i mean
0: oh totally man yeah like not that like we we don't want to do ministry in the flesh and we don't want to do it like in our own striving like we do want to um do it with the empowering of the holy spirit but i've heard the illustration as like we're like fish swimming upstream that, you know we need to keep on uh, fluttering our little fins and like going up the river to, to make progress. but if we just stop, like we're just gonna be swept back downstream. Mm-hmm. like there is an effort mm-hmm. we do need to express by the Holy Spirit uh, in doing the ministry and if we just like stop then we're gonna drift backwards automatically.
1: So last one bro. Um, mm-hmm. what is the biggest lesson that you've learned from God? And all of this process and all the seasons, you know, the ups and downs, the the deaths, the sickness, what's the biggest takeaway from you and, you know, what God has been doing?
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Like, this is what I was going to share earlier, uh, just that God provides and like he provides so much, like one step at a time ahead of us. Like he didn't ever say You know, here's everything you're going to need for like the next two years right away. It was very much a, oh, you need this thing like this week. Here it is. Uh, And uh, you you thought you weren't going to get it, but here it is. Um, And like, I really feel it's like a hymn uh, putting uh, us in a position of like faith and dependency. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I preached on Mark chapter six and the disciples being sent out uh, two by two, like, and Jesus tells them like, you know, don't take um, a money bag. Don't take a food bag. Don't take um, two tunics. Like he sends them out in faith um, and not with a ton of resources. So, you know, for us, you know, we got locked down um, in COVID here when we went to like, so I was part-time church planning resident and I was doing like a, another English job or, like, or teaching English as a second language job online. And when we really felt um, both like now's the time on our end, but also with the company, like my work was drying up uh, for like reasons that don't matter for this podcast. It was on the company's end, uh, not mine, but it was like, all right, like we really feel it's time to go full time. And I talked to the elders and I was like, you know, if you can release like, you know, a little bit of funds for me to go fundraise, uh, you know, I, I think now's the time. So they did it, but they're like, you know, this is very much like if you don't fundraise, like we don't have the money to keep keep you on a full-time salary. So we stepped out in faith and like God just provided financial partners for us. Um, God provided a home for us to live in. Uh, we bought our first house here in the middle of a crazy, Housing market time, Uh, we found a good deal on a house, which was amazing. Um, Right when we thought we were going to be without worship space, that was sufficient. God provided something for us that has just been such a a gift from him. Uh, Conversations with people, you see time and time again, like stumbling into conversations, but like God's at work and the Holy Spirit's leading it leading me into it and there's probably stuff i'm not even remembering now um one one thing i do do want to say is like on our grand opening sunday on september 17th a literal hurricane was blowing through nova scotia and i was thinking and like i was praying and like watching out my window and seeing all these trees blowing and the rain just driving down and like saturday afternoon i was like god please please may we not have to cancel Our service like you know we've done so much in advertising and announcing this day I don't want to have to push back Um, and we lost power at my house most of Spryfield was without power but like even the street where we worship it lost power except for like our building and like the few other buildings uh, beside it so we actually that day felt god leading us to open up as a warming center so people could like come get food charge their phones like have a place to to stay and stay warm uh that day so we had like a handful of people come and take uh um use of that uh and then we had a 100 people uh show up for our grand opening sunday uh both friends family you know our sending church uh but there were also people from the community um and from even like other churches in the community that were closed down because they had no power and they were coming to worship with us and celebrate what God was doing at Wayfarers. So I, I thought like, oh no, you know, of all things, we're gonna have to cancel. But God actually like used that as an opportunity for us to like pour into like caring for others uh, and making Jesus known to them in our community. Uh, so God has been showing me, he's been faithful. I know I'm gonna need like each and every one of those stories someday when I'm questioning his faithfulness and his provision. Uh, but yeah, he's been so faithful.
1: Jehovah Jireh, right? The Lord will provide. Yeah,
0: yeah, he provides, man. He sure does.
1: Yeah, and I, I ask these questions at the end when I talk to church planters because we have a lot of people listening who aren't in vocational ministry, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a way for them to take away from this conversation. You know, they get to hear about other church planters and their experiences, but what can I take away from that? Right. Yeah. Uh, so if you're listening, I just want to, I just hope you take that away from, you know, Andy's story that, you know, Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. Mm-hmm. It might not always be in the timing that you want, you know, in the way that you want, but he is the God who provides, <coughs> you know, there's mm-hmm. times like you said, Andy, you were down to the wire, right? Yeah. And oh, then, yeah. you know, God, well, you know, from our, from our point of view, he pulls through, but he's already planning to meet that need. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're listening, I just hope that's an encouragement to you that, you know, God will provide in one way or another. He will meet that need. You know, as Romans says, he is working all things for good according to those who he has called to his purposes. So the good, the bad, the ugly, God is using it for our good for one way or another. Right. So, Andy, uh, very quickly before we go, uh, what are some ways that we could be praying for you and our listeners can be praying for you?
0: Yeah. uh, Pray for us. You know, this Christmas season uh, is one very much where we can invite neighbors and friends uh, to Christmas Eve services, uh, to church. Um, It's one of like the two Sundays, uh, Christmas and Easter, where, you know, people will show up like culturally. Uh, So pray that we don't miss that opportunity to invite neighbors and friends uh, and also share the gospel clearly. Um, Pray for us that we don't get complacent, that we're still inviting people in and, uh, living on mission, um, making Jesus known to them. Uh, that, that's, that, that's the biggest one, uh, for sure.
1: Good stuff. Well, thanks for coming, coming on the show, Andy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great, man. Glad this worked out. I know we were back and forth a bunch <laughs> plan, planning it, but here we are. It's awesome.
1: All right. If you've been listening, thanks again and catch us again next week. You've been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is brought to you by Mile One Mission. If you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland and Labrador, visit www.mileonemission.ca.